This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Greetings, Bill Mobley here for the Sanford Institute for Empathy and Compassion. And I'm here together with Nyla Chowdhury, who's the Director of Social Impact and Innovation for UC San Diego Extension. This is a series that's entitled Compassion Beyond Borders because we intend to capture interesting stories, compelling stories from across the world. Stories about people who made a difference, stories about people whose own circumstances have put them into really incredible situations where they had to adapt, they had to be resilient, they had to be powerful, they had to be thoughtful, and they had to be compassionate. So in this series, especially, we're going to focus on the pandemic. And we're going to ask people about their daily lives, about the challenges they face, about how they've responded to those challenges and the hopes they have for after the pandemic, but more generally for their well-being and for the well-being of those people they serve. And with this, I wanted to turn it over to Nayla, my co-moderator, so she can introduce today's guest. Nayla, please. Thank you, Dr. Mobley. Twyla Garrett is a fearless game changer, an author, a motivational speaker, a source of change and inspiration to me. She's been a serial entrepreneur for 25 years. She currently owns a very successful full-service construction firm where she provides second chance opportunity to those that need to re-enter job market overcoming challenges. She's the icon of resilience, hope, empowerment and compassion combined together. If I have to quote her in one sentence, I would like to quote Amma's Hugging Saints quote by saying, love when defined is compassion and compassion is accepting others' needs and sorrow as your own. And that is what Twyla is to all of us. Hi Twyla, it's a pleasure to welcome you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you both, Dr. Mobley and also new Nyla. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here today. In the present time of the pandemic, examining the social impact of COVID-19, when majority of us are actually in physical and social isolation, working from home, you and your hundreds of workers continue to work in the front line. Would you please share with us and our viewers your personal story, your drive behind my mother's words, your work and challenges, please? Sure, sure. I'll tell you a little bit about what we're doing right now under this uh, incredible environment. So uh, there is hundreds of construction workers currently working day in and day out. Uh, Since we have been deemed essential, Uh, We have not been able to go home. I currently have 32 employees that's on the front line of providing support and building some opportunities. We're building hospitals right now. We have a gymnasium, libraries, two schools, uh, apartment building. Uh, We're we're right on the front line. It's been quite of a challenge uh, to balance safety and health of my employees versus a job site or a project that might not necessarily be deemed essential. So it's been very, very tough to be in that position. Um, But again, resiliency is about adaptation as far as how you can move and how quickly you can adapt to the environment. Uh, As far as my background is concerned, I actually came from the inner city. And I think what's given me this resiliency is that I grew up as a kid 
uh, in Cleveland, Ohio. My mom was unfortunately suffering with some mental illness. It had to be, but um, I was an abused child. And so I was taken away at 14 from her and given to my dad. But my mom's last words to me was that I wouldn't amount to anything. I won't be anything. And that she wouldn't even speak to me again unless I was barefoot and pregnant, like on the back of my last in and on welfare. And it, it crushed me. At 14, it was tough. I mean, I know most people, they praise their mother and they love their mothers. And I had one of those mothers that unfortunately just didn't have that mark. Um, I loved her dearly until she passed away in 2012, but she went to her grave with that. From the age of 14 to the age of 45, uh, no, actually 40, she never spoke to me again. She actually kept true to her nature, but what it did is it built this resiliency in me because I took those words and it was literally the most negative words I think a kid could ever hear, especially a young black woman, hearing that from another young black woman who my mom was my role model. And then to see that and take that those words and turn that into my best motivation. Um, so I wrote a book a couple years ago called My Mother's Words, How the Most Negative Influence Was Actually My Most Positive Motivator. And I was so blessed to be able to take that. And I know a lot of people, especially in this time where it seems hopeless, you have people who are out of jobs. I mean, they went from having everything in 30 days or two weeks, having nothing, uh, or they're in, you know, they had food to feed their families. And now they're in a line right now looking for food from a shelter or from a food bank. And so I know that these times, everything, this too shall pass, but we got to get that resiliency back in order to make sure we can keep ourselves going. And so that's one of the things I try to bring to the construction world as well. It's not a lot of people that look like me, definitely not a lot of people that look like Twyla uh, that's in the field. And so, and, and my staff, to be very, very frank, those are individuals that need a second chance. And a lot of times people won't hire them. And so when we have these opportunities, we have to be on the forefront. We have to do 10 times better just to be average. And we know that. And so in order to do that, I have to build that resiliency in my staff. You know, we've been looking for masks, uh, unfortunately, it's very scary to be in the construction world right now. You know, people are getting it uh, on our sites. Uh, we have one job site that has 150 people that are shoulder to shoulder finishing out a project. Uh, so the six feet uh, distance is non-existence in the world that we have, nor do we have PPE to protect us. Our PPE is a hard hat, goggles and gloves. We don't have face masks. And so recently in the Raleigh, North Carolina area, they just implemented that uh, three of our sites must have some type of face covering starting yesterday. So trying to make sure that everybody has those things, uh, making sure I stay on top of ordering and just the simple fact of when this pandemic really hit the very first thing I had to do was to reach out to every one of my employees and say, do you have food? Do you need us to feed you? Do you need, is everybody going to be okay in your family? So we do kind of a roll call each week, making sure that everybody is safe. My foremans are letting me know if everybody is in place. We have had some people walk off the job and we support that. And the reason I support that is because they got young kids at home. One of the highest epidemic areas or hotspots here is in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we have three projects going on right in that hot zone. So when they told me, Twyla, I can't go home. My wife is pregnant in seven months. I did not bite an eye. I supported them 100%. So when we get back to opening up, they'll be the first people we reach back out to to get them employed. But I do want to say this. I know right now there's a lot of workers, a lot of workers. I used to own a restaurant. And so I know there's a lot of individuals that are out of jobs right now. We're hiring. 
and mostly every contractor that I know on the job in every site that I'm at. I'm in Dallas, I'm in Ohio, I'm in North Carolina. I can guarantee you they're hiring. So if you are really seeking employment, please reach out to them, reach out to me. We're looking for people to work. We can put you to work immediately. I have a $6 million backlog. I can employ, I have projects that's going to run to 2024. So there's opportunity and we're growing as we speak. So we have more work that we're bidding out. That's just a small sector of work. We probably are geared to have about a 15 to $20 million backlog in a year. So I tell you right now, I think we all have to look at what that new norm is going to be. It won't look like January or December of this year or last year. And we have to now see what we can do. And I think the biggest blessing that can come out of this is that it's giving you some time to sit and actually think about where you're at in your life, career, family, and kind of recalibrate yourself and maybe recalibrate a different career and recalibrate your own personal need and space, how to even get along and love yourself. I think a lot of people never thought that they would be this much by themselves. And so it is so key that I think we look at all of this. And compassion is one of the things that I love that have come out of this, seeing the act of generosity, seeing the things that have come uh, by people who probably never would have even thought to do uh, things. It, it has made it heartwarming. I just hope it doesn't stop when the pandemic is at a point of being controlled. Thank you, Twilight. You know, you're, you're really a role model for so many people. I know you're a role model for those people that work for you and for so many others. Your role model really is authentic because you started in a very difficult place. Yeah. And you've gone to a very strong place. Doesn't mean that all the problems went away. You still have all these challenges that we've spoken that you've spoken about. How does that experience that you had as a little girl, as a teenager, how does that inform what you do now and how you help people understand that not only can they survive a difficult time, they can actually thrive? You know, I'm glad you asked because so many times I'll go to a place and they'll see me and they'll say, oh, you must have had a silver spoon in your mouth. And Nyla has been in a couple of places with me and I'll laugh and I'll say, "You, if you only knew. Um, I think my experience is so humbling because I was on welfare. I ended up on welfare when I entered into college. I had to because I had to emancipate from my father and I needed to be able to feed myself. And I think one of the most traumatic experiences that I had on welfare was that I went in college days. I, I went to a very prestigious college, Ursula College in Pepper Pike, Ohio, which I love to death. They helped groom who I am today. But I actually went to take a food stamp at that time to go buy groceries. I was naive. I thought every place took those. And when I walked into the store and bought all my groceries, got in line, I got to the checkout counter, handed her the little coupon book, and she looked at me like I was a foreign alien and then got on the microphone and said, "Um, we have a welfare recipient on line three. And I remember my heart sinking to the bottom of my feet, and I was mortified. I literally left everything at the counter and ran out the store. And I never to this day have gone back to that store. And it broke my heart. So the way that I relate my tragedy is that I used to be those people. I still am one of those people. I've never divorced myself from where I came from. I knew I'm an inner city kid. I'm a highly educated inner city kid. But I am still that same Twyla who grew up 
in the inner city and know about all the inner city and the facets of it. And so I never wanted to lose that identity. And that's why I think it's easy for easier for me to go back and relate and then not just relate, but actually go back and give. Um, one of the things I did in 2010 is that I opened up a restaurant, a jazz supper club, a $2.5 million self-funded project in Cleveland. I hired all homeless and ex-offenders and drug dealers to run my place. And people thought I was crazy. I pitched a tent in the inner city and I hired, I had 400 people come through. We hired 80 individuals. And then I went out and found professionals to train each and every one of them. And the reason people said, why would you do that? I said, because it's not about just having the best supper club. It's about giving these people an ideal and a hope of where they can go. I just hope that people can take any chance that they get from this pandemic and realize that one little mustard seed that you plant can grow and flourish. It's about connections. It's about drive. It's about motivation. It's about wanting more than where you're at today. So sometimes you got to be put at the lowest of lows in order for you to realize that the highest of highs is right around the corner. And I think if I can tell that to every person that I meet, whether they look like me or not, and whether my employees see that, I think some of them too are shocked that come to the office and they'll say, oh, you're on the news or you were this or you, oh, you wrote a book. And I give all my employees a copy of my book because I want them to understand, hey, I'm just like you. I can put the hard hat on. I can do whatever I need to do, but I truly am just like you. And whatever you want to do, you can do. When I entered into the construction market three years ago, I didn't have a license, a GC license, and I had no idea I'm a highly educated person, but I had no idea what it took to get that. And do you know that I locked myself in my office with everybody out there working for one year and 30 books and went and passed, not even the state exam, but I passed the national exam. So now I hold a GC license in multiple states. I can build, I can, I'm doing a development in Columbus, Ohio. Um, this is a second shot for me. I actually sold a company some years ago, kind of quasi-retired. So it is all about being able to say it's not over. And every dance and every script of your story is not over until you put your stamp on it. And then whoever your hire maker takes you to that next level and away from here. So I tell people all the time, you can be 80 years old and rewrite your script. My dad is 88 and it's such a blessing to see him get involved in things that I do because he never in his wildest dreams could think he can do it. It's all about the mindset. So hopefully this solitude that some people have had is having them reshape and recalibrate themselves and motivate themselves. You will come out of this Believe me, stronger than you ever have been. And the best thing about coming out stronger is now you've got a community that's going to be just as strong for you. You guys probably never met your neighbors before, but now you know them. And in, and this is what it's going to bring out. And you know, the best thing about this virus, and I say best thing, is that it has no face. It's not prejudice. It doesn't discriminate. It goes across the board. So now it makes everybody look the same. And everybody can come to this table, rich, poor, you know, educated, non-educated. Everybody's the same under this. And so now everybody has that fresh, I believe, a clean slate where they can operate under whatever they want. The one thing I would warn is to get you some good mentors, advisors, somebody that can help you through and start to navigate. Start to navigate. Maybe the career you were in 
was not that career and you would have never quit if you didn't get laid off. And so now it's an opportunity to look and see what other opportunities can be. I can tell you this, I'm an accountant by trade. I love math, that's my thing. But if I had to do my act over, I never in my wildest dreams thought I would love building like I do now. I would have been an architect, truly. So I think you, everybody has multiple acts and multiple stories. You just gotta get prepared to write them and then be able to put in the work when it's time. Twilight, it's great to hear you and great to hear your story. We thank you, your, your words are uplifting and we thank you so much for being on the program. Take very good care of yourself and all those people thank that you. work with you and for you and, uh, and, and remain the compassionate person that you are. Thank you for blessing me with this opportunity. Great. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.